Thank you for visiting the Sanctuary Fellowship. We pray the following message will be encouraging to you. For more information about us, visit us on the web at www.sanctuaryfellowship.org. Listen in as we start taking away the layers of religion and discover the joys of a relationship with the Creator. Amen. Amen. God is good. God keeps you young and strong. Amen. All right. Everybody excited? You ready to hear the Word of God? You ready to get something that hopefully out of the 19 pages that I have, hopefully there's like one little thing in there that you can get that's just for you, that you can get up in your spirit and chew on it and let it digest and let it get into your whole system and let it, let it work into your body and change your life. Amen? I'll start with this. There was once a story of an old wise man who... He went out of his way every day just to greet everyone cheerfully. This is old wise guy and he would go all throughout his day going out of his way to shake people's hands and smile at people and greet people and he was his face was always ready with a smile and a, and a little wink. And you know not in a bad way but just just one of those kind of happy guys and he would go all throughout his day everywhere he went through the marketplace through the job he would just greet everybody and and shake people's hands and smile And so of course you know as as the cynics that we are somebody had to ask him what's wrong with you you can't always be happy you can't always be cheerful you you can't always like wake up this way but every time i see you you're smiling and you're greeting somebody and to that he responded I I live with the notion that I am as all humans are created in the image of God therefore nothing pleases me more than to encounter other images of God throughout my day that didn't have the impact I thought it would what would, what would happen if, if we saw our lives that way? Could you imagine if we went through our days realizing that I was created in the image of God? And, and if I was created in the image of God, everyone that I run into today, big, small, light, dark, round, square, everyone that I run into today was created in the image of God. So all around me, there are images of God. Wouldn't that kind of change your, your day if you had that focus? Can you imagine if, you know, the, the, that person that just grinds on your nerves, if you started to, to go to them and they came with the same nasty, grumpy demeanor that they always have, and they just came ready to just unload on you, and you looked at that person and said, wow, that even you... Even though I call you Lucifer and Satan behind your back. Even you were created in the image of God. Wouldn't that like kind of mess with your mind for a little bit? And maybe, hopefully, let you have a better day? Amen? Thank you, way in the back. We were created in the image and likeness of God. And I, I want to stick with last week's quote. The glory of God is what? Man fully alive. The glory of God, see somebody remembered and somebody stayed with that. That meant something to somebody, I hope. The glory of God is man fully alive. If you want to glorify God, if you want to see the glory of God, just look to a person that's fully alive. You'll see the glory of God. Glory of God is man fully alive. I've been reading a book called Waking the Dead by John Eldridge. I can't stop thinking about that quote and the concept behind it. So last week's message was a more better life. Sorry, teachers. But this week's message is a more better life too. Waking the dead. Amen? Say, bring it. All right. John 10, 10. We read last week, a thief comes, is only comes but to steal, kill, and destroy. I came that you might have life real and eternal life, a more and better life than, they, than you ever dreamed of. 
I don't think we could do that justice in one week. So I just want to talk about that again, if that's all right with you. The enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. God says, I came that you might have life. Isn't that so much more than just forgiveness? Isn't that, does that, you know, does that kind of ring in your head? Like, did Jesus didn't say, I came that you might be forgiven. He says, I came that you might have life. Most of us look at Christianity like if Jesus said, I came that you might be forgiven. I'm love, I'm grace, and with me everything is okay. It's such a soft picture of Christianity, isn't it? Anybody with me today? It's just a soft view of Christianity. It's no wonder that there will always be more women in church than men. I don't mean to offend any women. But there will always be more women in church than men because our picture of Christianity is soft. It's such a soft... And listen, I want to declare today that, that we will not follow in those traditions. Amen? I want to declare today that this will be a church where the men overrun the women in a good way. Amen? Come on. Because even here we have more women running ministries than men. What's up with that? And women, I know that none of you will be offended if the man in your life would rise up and take charge and do what he needs to do. Would anybody be offended, ladies? No, right? You wouldn't complain, right? You wouldn't complain if you just had to come and walk in the church and be happy because the men were here earlier cleaning, because the men were here earlier building, because the men were here earlier praying. Nobody complained about that, right? I declare it this day that in this place, we won't follow those Barner research reports and all that. No, we're going to flip that. And, 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 and I believe it's because we're going we're gonna to preach a message God is showing us that Jesus is not soft. I want to get that on a t-shirt. The first t-shirts that we'll do for the sanctuary will say, Jesus is not soft and neither am I. That's a cool shirt, right? That's a cool shirt. We'll do the men's ministry, go roll with all those shirts. Jesus is not soft and neither am I. Because I want us to kind of get that, that mindset because Jesus never said, I came and everything's going to be nice. As long as, you, as long as you give your heart to Jesus, everything's going to be okay. The truth is, it's not okay. Can we stop today, church, being fake for a minute this morning? Can we stop pretending that everything's great? Would you be relieved this morning if I told you it's all right to break down? It's all right to cry? It's all right to be hurt, and it's all right to be angry. I think somebody just needed to hear that today. And so, let, can we just declare that right now? Listen, let's, it's okay to not be fake in this place. It's okay that when someone asks you in here, hey, how you doing? That you don't have to give that phony response. Hiding back tears, hiding back emotions, hiding back everything you're feeling. Everything's great. God is good. He's victorious, right? Or as, as Spanish people say, in gloria, in victoria, hallelujah, right? Or, or you say, como esta, como esta, hermano? Oh, fajao, pero en gloria, right? En la lucha, pero en victoria. It, it's, it's phony, isn't it? Can, can we say it's all right? Would you be relieved today if we said it's okay? Let's stop being fake today. And, and from time to time, it's okay to cry. It's okay to shout. It's okay to be angry. Because the truth is, marriages break up. People die. There's disease. There's hunger. There's national disasters. There's earthquakes. There's tsunamis where innocent men, women, and children die. There are children abducted every hour of the day. Some are found after horrible things have been done to them. Some are never found. Is that okay? How do we wrestle with that with our faith? The truth is we live in a nation at war. I was telling the worship team, I wanted to come in army fatigues up with camouflage on my face. But, but you know, some of you would have thought it was corny and you wouldn't understand it. You think I'm just trying to be gimmicky or nothing. But, but that's how I feel in my spirit. Right now, I'm, I'm Navy sealed up. 
I feel like there's a sniper rifle stressed across my back. I got a handgun strapped to the side of my leg and, and I'm virtually, I'm camouflaged. You don't even see me. Look, I'm just blending. I'm first blood up. We're a nation at war. We're at war right now. It, it may not seem a big deal to many of us unless, of course, you have a family member that's in Iraq or a friend. But, but to many of us, we go on like nothing, like everything's cool, right? We've been at war for how long now? We don't even remember, right? Six, seven years. To, to most of us, is that like a, does that reflect on your day every day? No, we go... We, we deal with, like, if there's, there, there's no toilet paper in my house, I have to get paper towels, I have to, you know what I'm saying? We're, we're not even concentrating. Man, listen, we're at war right now. Right now, li- listen, right now, there are people plotting on how to destroy us. Right now, as we gather and hug each other and, and, and do church stuff and act fake, there are people plotting on how to destroy us. Right now, they're thinking, what buildings should they blow up? How can they hurt us more than they already have? And here's what's even crazier. They're doing it in the name of God. Does that trouble anybody today? They're doing it in the name of God. These, these, these are, this enemy is religious. It's set apart and considers themselves holy. This is a holy war that they consider what's being carried out right now. It's a, it's a jihad. It's a holy war, it's called. They're, they're, killing, they're killing people because God said so. Because they feel God is justified in it. And if you don't serve God, you need to be wiped out and taught a lesson. And I'll get a reward for that, is, 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 is what's behind the war that we're at. Right this minute, think about this, think about this. Right this minute, someone is shooting at someone with the intent to end their life. I mean, do you, do, can you get serious about that for a moment? Right now, someone is shooting. Someone's in someone's scope. Right now, someone's shooting at somebody with the intent to take their life. And both of them were created in God's image. The kingdom of heaven suffereth violence, and the violent take it by force. We can twist that into making us do all kinds of craziness, right? But it's still in the word of God, isn't it? It, it's, it's so, the more, the more I've been reading the word and the more I'm reading these books and just getting, and, and just asking God to show me things, the more I'm realizing, man, this is, God ain't soft. This, God isn't pretty chandeliers and pretty colors on the wall and a big building. God is not soft. There, there, there is a war going on and we're a nation at war. Amen. And it's so easy for us to see that, that the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. We have no problem seeing that if, if you just look at scriptures and look at the world and look at scriptures and look at the news and look at scriptures and look at your, at your papers. It's easy for us to see that. However, when we step into God's part of that verse, we get soft. And, and we say, well, Jesus didn't say, I came that you might have forgiveness. He didn't say, I came that you might have grace. He didn't say, I came that you might have love. Jesus, he, he didn't come to put a warm blanket on your lives. I'm sorry to break that to some of you. Jesus didn't come to put a warm blanket and tuck you in. That's nice. That's a pretty picture. But it's not the truth, Right? And the truth is what's going to set you free. The truth is what breaks the yoke. The truth is what brings anointing. Amen? And so, so I'm sorry, God is not a warm blanket. And I'm sorry, God didn't come to make you comfortable and happy. He came that you might have life. And have everlasting life. And the glory of God is man fully alive. Say amen. There is some serious freedom in that. And I think by now, many of us here are starting to get that. We love freedom, amen? Right? We love freedom. I can't wait. I'm going to write it right across that wall back there. I said, it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. 
Because I want you to, when you come in, I want you to see it. I want you to always have it in your head. That, so, so freedom, you know, I, I think we're, we're, we've been starting to get that here. Today, this today is my 100th sermon. Wow! Not, not in my life, but at the sanctuary. 100th sermon at the sanctuary. I'm excited about that. That's a hundred messages of Christ's love and call and freedom that he's graced me to share with you. I didn't think I could do that. I didn't think I had that in me. And, and when I think about it, I say, man, maybe it's time I just shut up already. I've been talking for a hundred messages. But God keeps giving more. And, and the more I give, the more he gives me. And the more ideas that, that come to my head, the more God illustrates me and shows me in the word what he's doing. And so I'm excited. I'm going to keep going if it's all right with you. Many of us here, we understand already that God isn't so concerned whether we wear earrings or not. God isn't so concerned. He's not looking to see what ladies have on makeup or not. God wished that some more ladies would wear makeup. That's a Gary joke. I took that from you. God is praying that some of you would wear makeup, is what, what, what Gary would say. But many of us have been stopped being so caught up on, on, on clothes or, or certain, you know, styles of music. And, you know, God only honors hymns. He only hears hymns. Rock is of the devil and he doesn't hear that kind of worship. Or, or the pastor doesn't wear suits. God, that church is in for so much trouble. Right? The worship team wears hats. Surely God is going, No! There's, there's, there's tattoos on some of the leadership's body. Oh, Lord, we're going to hell in a handbasket. Right? Surely, you know, we, we've come to understand that, 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 that God isn't so concerned with that. He's not caught up on that kind of stuff. Because if you read the Word, you, you realize that, that God can speak through anything He desires. He used whores, tax collectors, foul-mouthed fishermen, and even a jackass to speak through in the Word of God. Amen? So, so he's not so specific or concerned with who he uses. God sees the heart and, and, and sees past all the nonsense that we see. Because we see a three-piece suit, but you don't, you don't know what's in my heart. <laughs> you don't know what I'm doing when I leave this place. You see, and, and so you can respect me because I got nice suits on. And you can respect the, you know, whatever, whatever, you know, however, whatever you want to fill in the blank. But, but God sees the heart and that's what he honors. And, and, and so I'm, I'm happy that we've, you know, we've come past all that. And I think it's awesome that, that we've been, at least a lot of us are starting to see that God as the father with his children. And we're starting to see God as, as the protector over his kingdom. We're starting to see God as a king, the king of all kings. Amen. We've also started to see God as the lover and his beloved. I know some of that, that still makes some of you uncomfortable. That's all right. We've even started to see God as, as the friend who sticks closer than a brother. And there's nothing more liberating than that. But the truth is, freedom costs something. Say amen. Freedom isn't cheap. It doesn't come free. And so I, I want to go beyond that frame of mind and get past that soft grace God. Because somewhere along the line, I want to be able to wake the dead. Because see, faith without works is dead. And so, so all, those, you know, all this believing without doing, it produces a people that are dead. And dead people can't bring forth life. Amen? Right? Dead people, uh, how many babies are born in the cemetery? It can't happen. Right? And we've heard of some freaky things, I know. But, but we haven't heard of babies in cemeteries. It, it just can't. Dead things can't bring forth life. And, and I believe the body of Christ has been dead for a long time. And I believe a lot of churches are dead. And, and a lot of us in churches are dead. And be, because we, just, we come and we sit and we fake and we pretend and we take in and take in and we believe. But we don't do anything. Amen? And, and so, you know, I, I, I want to be able, I, I want to say today, I, I, I wanted to get a sound of a big, <coughs> a big alarm, annoying alarm clock that you can't turn off. That was good, right? Thank you. 
an annoying alarm clock that you, that you look for and you can't, you press every button on the thing, but it won't shut off because I want you to be able to wake up today. I want you to wake up today and say, that's it. I'm, I'm going to stop just sitting in my seat. I'm going to find out what God wants me to do and do it. I'm going to find my place in the puzzle and fit and make this picture beautiful. I'm going to shine. I'm going to shine. I'm going to be who God wants me to be. And no more am I going to be hiding in the trenches, letting other people fight for me, and then criticizing them when they don't do it the way I, I would have done it. Come on. That hurts some of you, I know. It's things. So to do that, let's get back to the basics. Let's go right back to the one scripture that you first learned. John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. The message words it this way. This is how much God loves the world. He gave his son, his one and only son, and this is why. So that no one need be destroyed. By believing in him anyone can have a whole and lasting life say thank you we but but wait the enemy comes to steal kill and destroy but wait jesus says i came so that no one would be destroyed but the enemy says it comes to steal kill and destroy but jesus says i came that no one need be destroyed but the enemy says i'm here to steal kill and destroy and but jesus says i i came that no one need be destroyed family who are you gonna believe there's an obvious conflict there isn't there anybody f ever feel that conflict in their life you ever feel that conflict? You ever have, you ever wake up in a situation and you feel conflicted and you say, and, and you feel that pull, you feel that tug. God says I can have life and not be destroyed, but the, but the, but the enemy's at my door destroying me. And, and it's a matter of which one are we going to give into, right? Which one are we going to believe? Listen, we're a nation at war, but that war didn't start in Iraq. It's a war that started in the heavenlies when, when Lucifer decided in his heart that he should be praised. He decided in his heart that the worship he was leading, that he, it was feeling good to him. And he said, that shouldn't go to, to God, that should come to me. I'm leading this thing. That happens in churches all the time. Representatives... Because that's who we are, representatives of Christ. It happens all the time. We, we're, we're, we're directing and leading these people to Christ and, and leading them. And, and all of a sudden, this gets good to us. And this pride starts to build up. And, and we say, you know what? That should just come to me. That should be me. GeorgeMartinezMinistries.com <laughs> That should just come to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll give God, yeah, yeah. We'll put the cross in the building, yeah. You know, but, but, but it's a battle. And so that war started in the heavenlies. Lucifer that said that should come to me. And he polluted one third of the angels and, and they were cast out. There was a war in the heavenlies. Because, you know, his, his passion <coughs> and his passion still is to get people to worship him. Do you understand that? That the enemy's passion is still, his, he's still driven. He is so focused and driven more than most of us his passion is that people would still would still draw people's worship to him any way he can do whatever he can to, to make it happen we're a nation at war his his main goal is to steal listen to me to steal your inheritance to kill your future to destroy your eternal life this battle continued in the Garden of Eden with the first man and woman. The enemy came to steal, kill, and destroy. And right throughout all history, we see the evidence of that destruction, don't we? The decay of society, the rise of oppressive religions, the all-out frontal attack on youth. Through every means possible, every song, every video, every movie, down to the clothing, everything suggests an alternative lifestyle. Is anybody sick of this? 
Everything suggests an alternative lifestyle. What is an alternative lifestyle? It's a lifestyle that says that there's another way. But Jesus says, I'm the way, the truth, and the light. The world says there's an alternative way. And so we have alternative lifestyles. What a beautiful thing. Why do we tolerate it? Why do we accept it? Why do we just, why do we buy into it and secretly keep in our pockets the, our get out of hell free card? Why? You know, how, like how long? I get, I get mad and this, this message is even, it, it, trust me, even as I'm reading and writing, I was shouting. I was like, I don't practice out loud, you know, but, but I read it and I go, and I was getting hoarse without talking. I don't know if that's even possible. But it was such a, a fire kind of shut up in me. And I said, why do we tolerate it? Why do we accept it? Maybe it's because when we read the scripture like that, we see the eternal word in the scripture. And he said, God came that you might have eternal life. And so we turn off and we say, well, eternal means later. It means after this life. And, and so, okay, life sucks. But in my heart, I have an assurance that I'll get to be with God in the afterlife. Don't you know Christians like that? Right? Have, have we been like that from time to time? Or, or is that the way we act, even if that's not how we think? It's like, okay, life sucks. But in, in the after, I get to be with God. I get to have life, an eternal life in heaven. And, and, and in that, you know, we, we say, thank God I have eternal life. When I die, I can live forever in the presence of God. That's great for, for, for them. That's great for, you know, for then. But now, very boring. Very boring. Amen? That's boring. You know, to think that, like, why, why do we even do this for then? Why do we come together? Why, that's a very boring, it's a very passive, it's a very soft, I think of the glad commercial, wimpy, wimpy, wimpy. Who, who wants to, like, who would sign up for that? If, if, if that's the way the word was introduced to me, and if the word of God and Christianity was introduced to me that way, I'd say that's for girls and grandmas. That's, 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 that's wimpy for me. That's too soft for me. Give me some challenge. Give me something that, that, that will challenge me. Give me something that would move me. Give me something that would make me uncomfortable. Give me something that would make me struggle. And in my struggle, I get to build muscle. Give me something that as I fight, I get to taste victory and sometimes defeat. But be encouraged to fight again and be stronger to fight again. Give me something that would give me experience to overcome. I sign up for that. Why do people sign up for the army and the, in the, in, in the armed forces every day? Why are people still signing up knowing we're a nation at war? Why do young guys still sign up? And women. We want something. There's an adventure in us. God put that in us. That's not craziness. Why do people jump out of perfectly good planes? I said I would never do that. And I still say that, so don't even... But people do that. People. Why do people like, you know, they... People like, they can't think of crazier things to do. People bungee jump. There's a cliff. Let me tie a rubber band to me and walk off. Why? Now, that's not enough. So people bungee jump out of airplanes. Have you heard that? They bungee jump out of, um, people jump down um, with snowboards, right? They jump off of cliffs and snowboard down. That's not enough. People jump off of planes, parachute, with snowboard on their feet so that when they get to the bottom now, it's not over. Now they're snowboarding down a cliff. It's, it's like suicide, right? But it's an adrenaline rush. Why? We were created for that. That's in us. That's not people just wanting to kill themselves. That's in us. That's people saying, I want to rush from life. And listen, Christ should be that rush in your life. Church is boring. This should just be a huddle that we get together to talk about everything that God has done, to strategize, to plan, to hear God's word and God's purpose. But the real life happens when we leave this place. For some of you, this is the only Christianity you get. And that's whack. I don't know any other word to give you. That's, that's lame. 
This can't be the only church, the only Christianity you get. This is just for us to huddle. Amen? Amen. You okay, buddy? Love you, bro. No, he said no. I'm not okay. Love you, buddy. You ready? You're getting ready, man. This is going to be you. Amen. It's okay. You're not feeling good today. Are you, are, you know, you understand where I'm coming from? I want to kind of wake the dead. I want to ring that alarm in you and say, all right, where do I sign up? Where do I put my life on the line? It's, it, I, I want to be part of a revolution that says, I know freedom costs. I know it's a struggle to live a pure life in an impure world, but I'm willing to fight for it. I'm willing to live for it. Man, I'm even willing to die for it. If, young, if our youth would grab that, forget it. They wouldn't, they wouldn't be any boring old people at the pulpit. Because they'd fight for every chance to declare it. And I'm fine with that. I'll sit down. If our youth would just get a hold of that, I'll sit down every week and let them proclaim it to you. Let them tell you everything they did in their schools today, this week. Let them tell you how many people they had to fight or be fought or be beaten or whatever in order to endure and display and shine God's love in their schools. I'll sit down and you'll be happy that I sat down. Because what would you want to hear better? Than life. Amen? Until that happens, I have to keep going. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm excited that I don't have to come before the judgment seat of Christ and be condemned to an eternity without God. I'm excited about that. I'm, I'm thankful that because of what I believe, I'm making better choices for my life, for my wife, for my children. I'm overjoyed that because of what God has done for me, I have built up and I'm leaving a legacy for future generations to come. I'm grateful to know that even though I can't never quite measure up, I'm forgiven because of what I believe and who I know. But it doesn't stop there. True believers need to rise up, need to take it to another level. So today I say, wake up, sleeper. The glory of God is man fully alive. When you hear the eternal word in the scripture, it doesn't mean it's for the afterlife. Eternal doesn't mean later. Eternal means unending. Get that, get that revelation today. Eternal means unending. It doesn't mean later. It doesn't mean, it means now and beyond anything we know. The better life starts now. Tell somebody, my better life starts now. I wish half of you believed it. See, by believing in him, the word says anyone can have a whole and lasting life. Answer these questions for me. Is it easy? Let's try that again. Answer these questions for me. Is it easy? Is it without struggle? Is it without pain? Is it without ridicule? Sometimes embarrassment. Is it without loss? Is it sometimes without dead silence? Answer this. But was I created in the image and likeness of God? Was I designed with a purpose and a plan? Was I not sealed with the Spirit of God? Can pain, hardship, or struggle take that away from me? Is there any place that I can go to get away from the love of God? Does it not say that He came that I might have life? So am I destined for it? Amen. Amen. Psalm 34, 9 says, A righteous man may have many troubles, but the Lord delivers them him from them all. Say amen. The righteous man, would you say amen? We are a nation at war. We're a people at war. And, and if you read God's word, there's dead giveaways that tells us that we're at war. So I don't know where we get this soft Jesus picture from. I don't know where we get this comfortable church life picture from. Because they're dead giveaways in the word of God that we are at war. Ephesians 6 He's given us the full armor. Right? Why would, why would, isn't that silly? Why would we give you full armor? 
Unless what? Why would I give you armor? I mean, I mean it's, it's real practical, right? Why would I? Can you imagine you came and I gave you all guns? And I gave you all uniforms? And, and I equipped all of you with M16s and, 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 and Glocks? And, and I equipped all of it for what? So that you'd be cool and take pictures from MySpace? That's what some of you would do. Right? That's all some of you would do. You get your uniforms on and you get your M16 and you take your MySpace pictures. And that would be it. But, but wouldn't it be silly if I equipped you for that? That probably means that your enemy has some of the same weaponry. That probably means that someone is going to try to hurt you. That probably means that there's an enemy that's seeking to steal, kill, and destroy. And all I'm doing is equipping you to fight back. Right? So Ephesians 6 says, finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against rulers, against authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God, so when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything to stand, stand firm. Listen. Sandy, Israel, a lot of people come to mind. After you have done everything to stand, stand firm. With the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness, in place with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace and in addition to all this take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all of the flaming arrows of the evil one take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit which is the word of god and pray in the spirit on all occasions and with all kinds of prayers and requests with this in mind be alert and always keep on praying for the saints do you get, I, I, I want you to get a picture, stay with me. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all of the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit. I got to give you some imagery so that you leave here with a picture in your mind. I couldn't get a hold of an M16. At least not for this message, but God can do all things. So I had to get medieval on you and, and, and give you a picture of the sword of the Spirit. I, I, I needed you to, to get a picture of, of what this is. See, this is just another picture of this. This is this in the flesh. It's the sword of the Spirit. I, I remember telling my youth in one of my first messages that I ever preached. When we were talking about the full armor. I said, too many young people, you're running around with the helmet of salvation naked. You didn't put on anything else. So you're running around with a little helmet on and the two scriptures that you know. So you're running around with a helmet and a little butter knife. And you're trying to, trying, trying to be victorious. You can't do it. You need the full armor of God. Picture moment. That's from my MySpace. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There's some dead giveaways in the word of God that we're at war. He, he says to put on the full armor. He calls us ambassadors in 2 Corinthians 5.20. It says that we are Christ's representatives. God uses us to persuade men and women to drop their differences and enter into God's work of making things right between them. We're speaking for Christ himself now. Become friends with God because he's already a friend with you. 
dead giveaways. He says that we're more than conquerors in Romans 8. We're more than conquerors. What does that mean? It says in 8 and 35, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble, hardship, persecution, famine, nakedness, danger, or sword? As it is written, for your sake we face death all day long. We're considered as sheep to be slaughtered. 37, no, in all of these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, nor height, nor death, nor anything else in all of creation will ever be able to separate me from the love of God that's in Christ Jesus. Oh man, that's a mouthful. Thank you for that. Jesus. He says we're more than conquerors. He calls us overcomers. In 1 John 5, 4, it says everyone born of God overcomes the world. Can somebody put that in their quiver? Everyone born of God overcomes the world. So whenever you think the world is getting too crazy for you, whenever, whenever you start stressing about everything that's going on in, in Citibank or everything that's going on in, 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 in the economy or everything, you, listen, anyone born of God overcomes the world. I'm an overcomer. Amen? Fire me if you want to. I'm an overcomer. Lay me off if you feel like it. I'm an overcomer. I'm going to overcome. Amen? Take my paycheck, take my job, I'm going to overcome. Amen? Some of you don't believe that. I know you do, bro. John 10, 10 says we have an enemy, family. God wants us to have eternal life, but right now. Now, a more and better life starting the day you first believe. But you're going to have to fight for it. You feeling better now, buddy? You're going to have to fight for it. You're coming for the sword. I see it in your eyes. <laughs> he put down the napkin. He wants his arms ready. You are going to have to fight. It is going to have to cost you something. You will have to decide daily who you're going to give into. Man, that's, that's, the, that's the conflict of the Christian life. You need to decide daily who you're going to give into. Yesterday is not good enough. Right? We can, we can all talk about, we can pass the mic around and give testimonies of what God did 15 years ago. Of what God did to my grandmama. My grandmama, blah, 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 and my, well, my, my auntie this, and my auntie that, and, and well, my grandmama. And we can talk about all, but today, what happened today? What God's doing today? Give me today. Don't give me yesterday's testimony. Give me today. What is God doing today? What is God speaking to you today? What is God, where is God leading you today? Wake up. The noise, listen, that annoying uh, 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 in your life is not going to go away. Don't even try to make it stop. Because when it stops, you're dead. Do you understand that? That's a spiritual alarm clock in you calling you to rise up and take your place. You were called to be a worship leader. You were called to preach the gospel. You were called to be an evangelist. You were called to share. You were called to shine. What? Stop trying to turn the thing off. Get up and just do it. It's not going to go away. It's not going to be silent. The only time that that will be silenced is when you're dead. And even then, Jesus said he would raise people from the dead. And he tells me that I would do greater things than he did. So even there, if you're dead already, <laughs> if you're dead already, I'm going to send Sal and Jair over to you to wake you up. Because we can do that. Amen. <laughs> You have to decide daily who you're going to give into. Listen to this. Nothing in this world is going to make it easier for you. We know that. Nothing in this world is going to make it easier for you. Drugs, you can medicate yourself with drugs as long as you want. You might think it'll make things feel easier, but you and I both know you're only prolonging the inevitable. Once the drugs wear off, there it is again. And you're going to need more drugs to, to make it go away this time. And you're going to need more and more drugs to silence that, that call that God has on your life. You're going to need more and more until you overdose and then you're dead and then it'll stop. 
You can, you can saturate yourself in the sexual and wow, that's going to feel good for a little while. Wow, that's going to be fun for a little while. But listen to me. You will not find life between someone's legs. Sorry to be crude about it. I'm sorry. But you watch movies with a lot worse stuff than that. And you don't look down because we're in church now. I can't tell it like it is. You will not find life between anyone's legs. And here's for the other group of people. You can hide in your little Christian bubbles. You can listen to Christian music and work at Christian jobs and only talk to Christian people and try to wait this war out. But you will never know real life. You won't know real life. You can hide, and, but listen, there is no demilitarized zone. There's no place for people who are neutral. When a terrorist comes, he doesn't ask you, well, if you're not a Christian, get out the building. No, you're all going to die. There's no, the, you're for me or against me. It's a battle and there's only two sides. Choose one and then fight for your life. You cannot wait this war out. You can't be a conqueror unless you're conquering something. You can't be an overcomer unless you have something to overcome. Ain't that funny how we quote those scriptures, I'm more than a conqueror. And then you get a flat tire or something happens in your life. We fall to pieces. Until, until we get another good scripture verse. I am made, I'm an overcomer in Christ. No, you're not. You're a little crybaby. Shut up. Stop whining. Amen? I, sometimes I feel like God, that's God's message to the church. Stop whining about every stupid little thing and just man up. <laughs> just man up and be, you can't be an overcomer unless you've overcome something. You understand how that works? Otherwise, you're faking. You're just wearing overcomer t-shirts. But you ain't overcome nothing. You're just wearing more than a conqueror t-shirts. But you have no scars. See, scars you cannot fake. You can dress the part. You can put fake blood on you. You can mess up your hair a little bit. And, and raggle your shirt. And say, oh, como tan mano en la lucha. Ooh. Oh man, the devil been after me today. The devil don't even know your name. You are nothing to him. You are not even a threat to him. Why should he show up in your part of the Bronx? Right? No, the devil's at my house trying to get my attention as I'm preparing the word of God to bring to you, to speak life to you. Why is he going to show up on you when you don't do anything? When you do something, then you can start to say, maybe, maybe the enemy's here to steal, kill, and destroy in my life. And then you can feel like, man, I'm an overcomer and a conqueror because I'm not going to give in to him because I'm not going to let him. I'm going to have victory. You can't have victory unless you fight. You understand that? You can't be victorious unless you're beating the, the, the hell out of someone. <laughs> oh, that's good. I'm encouraged. So, so those of you in the little Christian bubbles, guess what? Even hiding in that little bubble, the enemy will still come to steal, kill, and destroy. Because if he got into the Garden of Eden, he'll infiltrate your safe little spot. And he'll take your kids and take your children. And they'll be bigger cowards than you ever were. Do, you under, do we understand that our kids will perfect our sins? Oh, parents, hear that. Your kids will perfect your sins if you don't stop the curse, if you don't stop the madness. Whatever you did in the sneak, your kid will do wide in the open and not be ashamed. Right? Whatever you did hidden behind closed doors, thinking nobody was watching you, your kid will, will do right out in the front step. Jumbo size. 
Your kid will perfect your sins. He'll take it to another level unless you break the curse and speak life and live life and be life and be willing to struggle, be willing to fight, be willing to overcome, be willing to conquer some things. Come on, that's life. That's living. That is living. And that's exciting. Otherwise, church is boring. Boring. I used to get so mad as a youth pastor that I had kids. Oh, church is boring. I said, your mother's boring. I used to be so mad. I used to get so mad. I said, I stay up at night praying and reading and getting scriptures and I try to do illustrations and I try to stand on my neck and you're going to tell me it's boring. It's boring because you're a little crybaby and you're not willing to stand up and you're not willing to shine and you're not willing to talk to your friends about God and you're not willing to turn off the radio and you're not willing to change this junk that's in your iPod and you're not willing to, to stop giving in and giving in and giving in and giving in and trying to be like everybody in the world. When you, when you stand up and be a man and a woman of God and be who God called you to be, then you could tell me you're, um, you're boring. Amen? Oh, man. <laughs> Worship team, get your, get, your, get your weapons. So what's the message today? It's more than a message. It's a trumpet shout. It's a battle cry. It's a call to arms. Family, fight for your life. Fight for your happiness. Fight for your marriage. Fight for your kids. The enemy is dead serious about destruction. Are you dead serious about life? Jesus. Be encouraged today. Jesus said, Jesus said it. In this world, you will have trouble. But I have overcome this world. You turn the sword upside down and it's a cross, isn't it? In this world you will have trouble, but I have overcome this world. If you believe it, will you stand? Will you come and stand on the front lines? We didn't make all this room so I'd have room to walk around. We made all this room so that you'd have space to battle, so that you'd have space to kick off your shoes and make this a holy ground, so that you'd have the, the ability and the freedom to fight, to scream, to shout, to throw yourselves on the floor and bang your head on the on the on the concrete if you had to until you get those impure thoughts out of your mind freedom thank you for supporting the sanctuary fellowship we are a new and growing church with a passion and a heart towards enjoying god serving people and building healthy families we pray that you will continue to fellowship and grow with us as we follow hard after God. Don't forget to visit us on the web at www.sanctuaryfellowship.org. God bless.